0: Hello there, Brad Walshier, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Lolita Walker. She is a transformational specialist, a corporate coach, and a TEDx and motivational speaker. How are you doing today, Lolita?
1: I am doing amazing. I'm so excited to be here and cannot wait to chat with you and your audience today.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I know we've been trying to get this done for a little bit. So it's nice to finally be connected with you and have you here to actually sit down and have this conversation. I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know. But now is the best time. I always feel like nothing happens by circumstance. And I know we had a little bit of trouble, but now it's going to be so amazing. I'm so looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. So as mentioned, you're a transformational specialist, a corporate coach, a TEDx and motivational speaker. You're also an author, a podcast host, the owner and founder of Walker and Walker Enterprises, and the creator of individual and corporate programming. That is one hell of an extensive resume. How (laughs) on earth do you find the time to squeeze this all into your day? How do you prioritize, Lolita?
1: That is such a good question. Listen, as you were reading all of that out, I was like, wow, that is (laughs) a I do do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I do do a lot. Yes, you know priorities. It's really about for me prioritizing and I do it. My system is in the form of gaps, GAPS. And I set my goal. I set my goal for two weeks mm-hmm. and the A is for accountability for the plan and then the strategy. And I follow that process. So every two weeks, the goal starts with by when I'm going to do what and for what reason. So I, I lay out my two week plan and I just execute absolutely on that. It's like, what are you going to accomplish in two weeks? What will be your win in two weeks? Let's get us ourselves there.
0: How long have you had this gaps in place now for your regime, your regiment?
1: Yeah, it's been at least four years. <laughs> okay. I came up with it about four years ago. And I've always been task oriented. I'm industrial engineer by trade. And so I'm always into process driven accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And that's how I thrive. But really, when people started coming to me for knowing how to navigate through change and how to pause in the midst of everything, I came up with this process and I use it, which is how I can absolutely teach it, right?
0: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So Lolita, for those who might not know, what is a transformational specialist and what does a transformational specialist do?
1: Yes, such a good question is help you to transform into your bigger, better, bolder you. When I first had that title, I was in corporate America. I was working for an amazing company, and my title was transformation specialist. And what I was doing there was really helping people to navigate through change through an acquisition actually at that time. And we were doing a number of things inside of the corporate environment and specifically within the operations areas. And people needed to reapply for their jobs. We were moving some equipment out to other parts of the business in other countries. And it was really about transforming. So taking people from where they were to where they absolutely wanted and deserved to be by way of a new process. And what I did was, when I came into this space where I'm a certified life leadership and executive coach, both in the corporate space as well as individuals. And when I started doing this work, I'm, I'm realizing, like Lolita, you are transforming people by what you're doing. And so that is what a transformational specialist is. And that is what I'm able to do, which is such a blessing, actually, in working in your gifts.
0: I love it. Now, before making the jump to entrepreneurship in your previous life, as you mentioned, you were an industrial engineer, what inspired Mm -hmm. the path to become an industrial engineer? And how long did you work in that industry?
1: Oh, what inspired me to be an industrial engineer? I haven't gotten this question before. Let me think back. (laughs) You know, it's so interesting. When I went to college, I didn't really know what I was going to be. And really, I just wanted to make a lot of money. That was the goal. And really, that was the goal. And I don't have engineers in my family, but when I really started, I, I went to a math bridge program in the summer before I went to school. And as we started creating and we started building and we started really delving into what was available at school, I saw this engineering building. And I'm like, well, what type of engineers come out of there? Yeah. And I went and at the time there was industrial there was electrical and civil. There were only three. Now there's about 10 at the school, but there were only three. And industrial for me is where I chose because it added in a business aspect. It was like the people, the human side of things. And that is where I thrive really with people. And that is how I got into industrial engineering.
0: Amazing. Now, you touched on working in corporate America. I come from a Mm -hmm. corporate background and I've seen even now still That mindset and the behavior of the old boys' club mentality when it comes to Mm -hmm. things like equal pay for women and women in C suite level positions in these big corporations. And to me, I think it's horrible that we're still dealing with this mentality and mindset of the 1940s in the year 2021. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're starting to see a shift, I think, in mindset and a lot more women like yourself standing up and saying, enough is enough. I'm taking on the role of CEO. If I'm not going to get it in these companies, I'll start my own business and I'm the Mm -hmm. CEO of my own company. Can you speak to, if any, some of the adversity you had to overcome when you were first starting out in corporate America and how you dealt with it?
1: (laughs) Pick one, anyone. I have so many. (laughs) Let me try to think of one story. (laughs) Oh, you can give me a couple. That's all good. Absolutely. So I remember... Being inside of a meeting, and it's inside of my book, actually, I remember being inside of a meeting and I was the manager of an operations department. And I was in a meeting and a guy probably about three or four levels above me was in the meeting as well. And he just was pushing and pushing and pushing on these questions. Now I had a team and my dad had always reminded me delegate and and disappear. That's Mm -hmm. the dad principle. Like there's people that work under you. You trust them. They know the answers as a manager. You don't always need to know the answers. So my team was knocking it out, answering all these questions, but this gentleman just kept on pressing. And it got to a point where I remember leaving out of the meeting and going into the bathroom and crying. And I remember calling my father and telling him exactly what happened. Like, can you believe, what do I do? And he said, Lolita, get yourself together, wipe the tears, wash your face. So it's not red. Your eyes are not red. And I want you to walk And This is what you say to this man. <laughs> and I did it. I did it. I walked in and I said that to the man only, can I speak to you for a minute? Only him and I. Yeah. And he told me in that moment. I'm so glad that you said something. I'm glad that you said something because to be quite honest with you, you said something to me when I first came in and I took offense to it. And that was the reaction. And he wow. said, I think that you're powerful. And he became my mentor on the spot in that moment. Really? And I must say that absolutely. And he was my biggest sponsor throughout the organization. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. What a turn yep. of events.
1: What a turn of events And that to me is leveraging the power of your voice. And from that moment, I recognize and I realize that if you do not take a moment to recollect yourself, get your thoughts together, what is the end goal of this conversation mm-hmm. and have a conversation with the person directly and whether they receive it or not, what you've done is put the person on notice. And that's what I was able to do in that moment. And that's what I work with women to do. Absolutely. Still today.
0: I when I, uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: That is phenomenal. How did overcoming adversity fuel fuel your drive and passion for the work you do now?
1: Mm, You know, I've been there. I've been an only woman. I've been Mm. an only Black woman. I've been an only youngest Black woman in a corporate space, which was really dominated by older white men. I've had to manage older white men. I've been on a senior leadership team as an only Black woman on a senior leadership team many times before. And I think having to overcome adversity to me is walking in the face of fear. Mm -hmm. It is that I've learned so many lessons just by listening, just from being an only You know, it's in those moments of adversity. It's in those moments of misfortune that was dealt to you that you walk stronger, talk stronger and behave differently. And that is why I'm able to walk in it today. That is what fuels my increased confidence. That is what reminds me of what my strengths are every single day.
0: How long did it take you to get to that point, though? That's a lot of work. It takes it takes a lot of self-work and hard work to get to that point.
1: Mhm it does. You know, my upbringing for me was amazing. Some people will say it was really tough, but I look back on my parents and my parents were married for 35 years and death is what did them part. My father passed away 7 years ago to cancer. Oh, and he was my biggest Oh, thank you so much. He was my biggest cheerleader. And as I was growing up, he was from Jamaica, my mom mm-hmm. was from the South and They pushed me very hard. They demanded excellence. And even I tell my son today is that we are allergic to average. And when you start (laughs) with that, that. (laughs) yeah, we are allergic to average. Who has time? (laughs) Right. I want you to stay away from average. We don't bring season to our home unless Mm -hmm. that's the best that you can do. And if that's the best that you can do, then let's talk about how you can be better.
0: Amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, What are your thoughts on this shift in mindset on the and on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses? And secondly, in your opinion, how do women continue to push through? Because I don't think we're anywhere near where we should be in terms of women and entrepreneurship and women, even in the corporate world, getting their due in these corporations. So How do women continue to push through and continue to break down these ridiculous barriers and ways of thinking, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, what a great question. And and also, let me just say this, Brad, is to hear a gentleman be able to be inside of a space that is really promoting the welfare of women and the progression of women inside of the corporate spaces and beyond is so refreshing. So to have an ally in this space is amazing. So thank you for that.
0: Thank you, Um, that's very, I really truly appreciate that. It's nice to be recognized for the work I'm doing and I love what I'm doing. It's women like yourself that inspire me to do this work.
1: Oh, I love it, yes. And we have to keep on showing up. I think to answer your question is how do you keep on pushing is you push. you got to know that you're better than standing behind a table. No, Mm -hmm. come to the table. You make your presence known, you make yourself known. I think also asking for help. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, women, and I've been in this situation too, we're super women and we want to wear this cape and we're nourishing everybody, and we're rarely pausing to really feel the power that is within our pause. We're rarely doing that. And I'll tell you that it wasn't until I left corporate that I really recognized how hard I was working, really. I didn't recognize it because I hadn't paused. And now with coaches, that are out here. I, you know, I have this client that I was working with a senior level client. I won't tell you the company, but Mm -hmm. so many women can fit this bill, but the senior level client and a coaching client. And she said, you know, I've had these corporate coaches, but there's no one Lolita who has really penetrated me like you do. And let me tell you why, right? The difference is because when you can listen intently and you can come at a place where you are hearing, And not judging. When you as a power woman can come and you can sit down and say, listen, this is what it is I'm going through. And you can listen to someone who is ready just to hear you. Who else can you talk to the higher up that you come, right? The higher Uh up you climb on your ladder, you don't have too many people. And I must say that there's not enough women who are getting the coaching, the quality coaching that they need in order to really challenge themselves at what and who were you before this position. This position doesn't define who you were. What are your strengths that you have? And if you don't know, power woman, I want you to now go ask someone. And I want you to understand how you demonstrated that in the past because it's that person, that self that we need to rediscover because the real issue is that you've forgotten who she was. You've forgotten who she was and how she feels and you're on this grind every day. But when you remember who it is that she was, she still is and leverage that in order to propel inside of your current job, you'll move differently. Absolutely. Wow.
0: (laughs) That is incredibly (laughs) powerful. I mean, women have been told for so long that you can't have it all. You can't have Mm -hmm. the career. You can't have motherhood. You can't have this. You can't have that. Of course you can. If men can do it, women can. Women can Mm -hmm. do it better than men for fuck's sakes. Like enough of this, this thought process and mindset, we have to shift. We have to change and more men need to get on board. And stand beside our women and help elevate them and lift them up and show women that we are their allies, not trying to hold them down. Like the women have been held down by men for so long. It's time for us as men to own our shit and stand Mm -hmm. beside our women and support them.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. Yes. And a lot of that comes with courageous and contagious conversations. Mm -hmm. When you take a deep breath, and go in and have the conversation, whether it's your employees, whether it's your staff, whether it's your peers or whether it's the folks that are above you having the conversation. And I love three bullets. Like, what is it that you want to walk out with? What are the three things that you wish to walk out with? And let's make sure we're having that tough conversation to make sure that you are heard and seen the way you absolutely deserve. Right. Far That's too it. Often, yeah. Right. Ah, you get That's me all jazzed it. up.
0: Well, it starts with those difficult conversations. And yes, they are going to be difficult, but they're necessary. Mm
1: -hmm. This is how Mm -hmm. we start
0: to break down the barriers. Conversation is a huge part of that. That's the Mm -hmm. catalyst for it.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, when I was in corporate for every business unit I was in, I was always one of the leads of the African-American affinity network Mm -hmm. and always one of the core leads within the women's affinity network. And why is because for two minority groups, it is time for us to stand up and make sure that we can stand up with our clarity, our confidence, and our commitment. And I always say that clarity plus confidence equals the commitment of how you show up every single day, every single day. And when you're clear on what it is you deserve, when you're clear on where it is that you want to go, when you're clear on what needs to change in order for you to feel whole and therefore for your culture As a result, to shift to what we're talking about today, you increase the confidence of how you're going to walk, talk, and behave every day. And that is the change that we absolutely need, absolutely deserve. And quite frankly, if our companies want to keep up, then they will start listening with a different ear because it is the culture that we need to shift, which means that it is within each and every one of us who sit at a leadership team. Right. Leadership team level to make decisions to absolutely feel the power within their paws and be challenged on who it is that they are and how they are making decisions in the organizations based on the vision and based on their core values, because oftentimes they're not matched. And that's a gap. Wow.
0: Now you're firing me up. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You are so inspirational. The way you speak and what you speak to, it's incredible, Lolita. Absolutely incredible. thank
1: you. Okay. So, Brad, I don't even know if I told you the things that I do. So let me do that. You did a good job introducing me as a speaker and a certified life leadership and executive coach. I mean, amongst a lot of things, but I want to talk about those (laughs) too because I get so excited. Right? Yeah. The first is that you already know I work with individuals. And when I work with individuals, we really tap in on that clarity, that confidence and that commitment. Okay, Mm -hmm. got that. But then when I go into these organizations, the key is working with these teams and looking at the leadership team. Because what I found is that oftentimes there's this disconnect between the values of the individual leaders and then what the vision is of the company. And quite frankly, when I ask the question, hey, what's the vision of the company? What Mm. is your mission statement? They don't know. Wow. And if you don't know the values and the mission statement of your company that you work for every day that you're leading people within, therein lies the gap. So that is where we start, gaining clarity before we get to the action. Your clarity plus your confidence equals the commitment of how you show up. And then quite frankly, getting in touch with the people who are doing the work, which is really what drives the culture, right? Right,
0: yes, absolutely. I mean, I think there is a huge disconnect between leadership in corporate jobs and these big corporations and the staff that do the work, Mm
1: -hmm. for Mm -hmm. sure,
0: and that needs to change. We We need to narrow that gap.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I firmly believe that leadership starts at the top, But leadership is up, down and all around. And because we're not taking the time to get in touch with the leaders within the organization, I'm talking about the people who truly do the work all the way to the production for that bring the value. Mm -hmm. That bring the value for the products and the services that we push out into the world. That is where we need to get in touch first. And that's the work. That's why I love what I do, because you can physically see the tangibles that are resulting from the work that it is that I'm doing. And I absolutely love it.
0: (laughs) I could tell you're very, very (laughs) passionate. (laughs) Yes. Speaking of corporate culture and the corporate world, what was the catalyst moment for you where you said, I've had enough of this corporate life. I don't want it anymore. I need to get out on my own. (laughs)
1: such a funny story to me. I talk about it in my TEDx talk as well is this here. I remember that the company that I was working for, which is a major company, I loved it. Consumer products company, Mm -hmm. and I was working for a brand. And this brand I was working for was being divested from the parent company. And it was being purchased by a, a smaller company, but still very effective inside of the beauty space. And when that company came in, what I recognized was, huh, I don't really know if my values might be aligned. I think that they are an amazing company who are doing amazing things. But for me, the culture wasn't one that was aligned with me as right. Lolita E. Walker. And when I recognized that and I was asked to go move to a different state in order to help to start up a couple of things, what I said was, no, thank you. Wow. And it was right inside of that moment of that no, thank you that you recognized that, okay, now here's the kicker. In my mind, I was going to take my mini retirement and then go back <laughs> into another corporate space because oh. I thrived in corporate. I was right. there for almost 20 years. I know how to navigate inside of a corporate culture. And while I was out on my mini retirement, I recognized that, oh my gosh, this feels so good. <laughs> I didn't, right? I didn't yeah. have any entrepreneurs in my family. So I didn't have anybody to walk this through with. But I said, you know what? People were coming to me actually during this mini retirement and they were asking me to help them navigate change because I was experiencing so much change at once. And they were saying, how are you not going insane? What was yeah. happening? And I developed this five step process and through it, I was taking people through. And as I started asking about my core strengths and all of that, it it led me to coaching. And I said, well, I love that. Well, why not get certified? I'm a certified engineer. I'm a certified MBA. You know, I have degrees. So why not get it in where I'm going to be helping people to really shift differently? And that is what it is. There was born Walker and Walker Enterprises.
0: Amazing. Now, you being a serial entrepreneur, has the entrepreneurial bug always been within you, do you think? And where, as you just stated no one in your family is entrepreneurial. So where do you think that comes from for you?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. I've never been asked that before. Yeah. Have I always been an entrepreneur? I have always been someone who thrives in helping others succeed.
0: Mm -hmm. I've
1: always been that person. So even as working in corporate, as a manager, as a leader, I've always been pushing other people to where they absolutely deserve to be and where they want to go, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that. I think the entrepreneurial piece is doing it at my own pace, how I want it without anyone um, really pushing me to get it done because I am the catalyst who who propels the action. And, yeah, so I will say that there has been this spirit of wanting to do things Lolita's way, have <laughs> my name on things, yeah. make sure that I'm being recognized and rewarded. So, yes, is the is the answer. I never thought about it.
0: Okay. Well, there we go. (laughs) New (laughs) discoveries.
1: (laughs) I know. What
0: What drives or motivates and inspires you to keep going, to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? (laughs)
1: The inspiration, the motivation that I get from others, really, it's the tangibles in what I do. I Mm -hmm. did a live on this the other day is anytime I want to give up, and I'll tell you, sometimes it comes faster than other times, but Mm -hmm. anytime I'm questioning what it is that I'm doing, and if I'm ready to give up, God puts something in my way, it will be a client that says, Lolita, this is what you've done for me. It'll be someone in my DM that says, hey, I heard you speak somewhere and this is what it's done for me. Hey, I heard that soul work exercise. Hey, I heard your podcast. Hey, hey, hey. And it's all of those things that remind me that even in the fell clutch of circumstance, right? Even in the midst of it all, there is one person that I'm affecting every single day. And the win in that is that Walker and Walker Enterprises is here to help people one journey at a time. And when I can remember my why, there's the winner.
0: Awesome. It is an incredible feeling when you know that the work you're doing is impacting human beings and changing lives and, and inspiring change in others. It is, there is, I don't think there's any better feeling in the world
1: absolutely mm, it feels so good it gives me gooseys just listening <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you support volunteer with multiple organizations you sit on multiple mm-hmm. boards how did you get into doing philanthropic and charitable work where did that come from
1: well my father was from jamaica
0: uh-huh.
1: and he used to take us every two years my brother and i my mom every two years we would go to jamaica uh-huh. And my father wasn't from the glorious, cool, touristy parts of Jamaica. He was from Westmoreland, which is in the sticks of Jamaica. Okay, And he wanted us to make sure that we recognized that what we had even if we didn't think it was a lot is always and should always be in gratitude because there's so many other people around the world that don't have what we had that's the first time i saw an outhouse that's the first time i had to use an outhouse you know that's the first time i saw people not walking with shoes because they didn't have them first time that i'd seen non paved roads just perspective. And that really got me into a space where it was perspective. It was everybody doesn't have what you have. And even though you can have more because there's always more, more, more that you want, there's people that have less, less, less. And by the way, are super happy. Yes,
0: very true. Very true. And how old were you when you, when your dad, like when you really, when that really was driven home for you, when you really realized, how old were you?
1: Eleven. And
0: um,
1: now we were going way before that, but you know, it just felt normal and, oh, this is something new, but 11. And the reason I remember that age is because I remember on our way to the airport, I forgot my flip-flops and I was making a big deal because I forgot my flip-flops. How am I going to go to the beach? And they stopped at CVS. I'll remember it. I got some pink flip-flops and my (laughs) pink flip-flops while we were in Jamaica broke and I threw them in the trash. And I remember a girl walking over to the trash can and getting them out and walking away. And she looked at me with this look of kind of disgust. Wow. And I remember my I asked my father, like, what is she going to do with those? Why is she taking our trash? And my father said, because she's going to fix them because they're not broken, she's going to fix them and she's going to wear them and she's going to wear them to church. And I'm like, well, why doesn't she have them on now? And he reminded me because they're not play shoes. She will still be in her bare feet playing on this dirt and this gravel. But it is with gratitude that she takes them and she will appreciate them when you didn't.
0: (laughs) What an incredible lesson for an 11 year old kid. I mean, yeah. Wow. Your Father sounds like an incredibly wise man.
1: Oh, I love him to death. I I talk to him every day.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. So what is the most inspiring part about the philanthropic work you do for you?
1: Inspiring. A little bit about what I said, but I think, you know, I'm also in a sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and community service is really at the helm of everything that we Uh do. And it's really helping our community. It's keeping me in the space of gratitude. It always reminds me that Lolita, even when you want to complain, you want to be higher. You want to be doing more. There's so many more to impact. Why don't you pause? It reminds me of gratitude. It reminds me of taking a pause. It reminds me that my mission in life while I'm here on this green earth, because tomorrow isn't promised, I want to leave an impact. And what will that impact be? And I want to be able to touch people's lives.
0: Amazing. As mentioned previously, you're an author. Your first book is called The Intersection of You and Change. Can you tell us a bit about the book and give us a brief overview of it and when it was released?
1: Absolutely. It was released in 2018. Okay. I love this book, of course, but <laughs> of I course. wrote it. It is <laughs> Of course, it's because the intersection of you and change. Just think about it. We all find ourselves at an intersection of us and a change that needs to happen. And when you look at the cover of this book, you'll find yourself either choosing Am I going to go left? Am I going to stand in the complacency of where I am right now? Am I going to go back because I know how to overcome those barriers? Or am I going to leap because I know there's so much greatness in me? Am I going to leap into the unknown? So, this book. It's 17 stops of self-discovery. And it's a book that was really written for women by a woman to help us to move in spaces that we deserve to be. And it takes you from Journey Junction to Gratitude Gateway with Forgiveness Freeway there, Communication (laughs) Call I love it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Amazing.
1: Yes. I love it. I love it. And it starts off, and it's short. It's 126 pages only. Mm -hmm. It starts off with a poem of the acronym of where we are. It goes into a little bit about the stop. I give you a small bit of my story my personal story in that space. And then I gift you with soul work. And those are exercises that you literally write in the book and complete so that now you can discover this self discovery that we're talking about. So you can rediscover the power of who you are, because there's some things that you're going to need to release in order to go where God is having you to go.
0: Amazing. Did you write this with the intention of gearing it specifically at women and for women? Or is it for, I mean, Is it for a wider audience or specifically when you You set out to write it?
1: When I set out to write it, there were no expectations. I literally was writing because it was me on my own self-discovery journey. Mm -hmm. That is how it started. Then I said, I am a woman. And I want to make sure women are standing up. So it says an empowerment book for women. However, great question, Brad, because what I learned was that men are buying this book and couples are buying the book to do together. And I found the men one out because I was at a mastermind in Boston. Was it last year? Maybe it was a year and a half ago. And a guy heard my name called and he came up to me and he said, is your name Lolita Walker? And I said, it is. And he said, do you have a book? And I said, I do, The Intersection of You and Change. And he literally pulled it, I cannot make this (laughs) up, out of his bag and said, I love it. Can you sign it?
0: Wow. And I talked
1: to him about why that book was so important to him. And he said, originally, it was because he heard me speak. And he's like, if women can get this goodness, I want it too. Why can't (laughs) I have it? Yep. Then I found out that there are couples that are reading it together. So I even work with couples offline to go through different pieces of the book. And it's so interesting. Even teams are using it. Amazing. So I, that's a good question.
0: Congratulations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to check that book out for sure. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I would love to get you to sign it.
1: I would. I'll send you
0: one. <laughs> now, you're also a podcast host of the podcast, Coaching Cocktails and Conversations. I love yes. the name, by the way. Thank you. What was the inspiration for starting the podcast? And can you tell us a bit about the podcast?
1: I will. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it too. Coaching Cocktails and Conversations is a podcast that gives you three sections when you choose to join me at what I call my kitchen table. Coaching is all about leaving you with a couple nuggets to challenge your thinking. Cocktails is not so much about what you're sipping on, but there's no judgment at all. <laughs> it's more about celebrating the greatness of who you are when you choose to show up with me. And Mm -hmm. then conversations is just juicy conversations. Now, it's either with you and I, if I'm doing a solo, or it could be with a special invited guest. And we talk about amazing topics that really challenge you where you're standing right there. Beautiful. Mm -hmm.
0: I have to ask, how was the whole experience of doing a TEDx talk for you? And how did that opportunity come about for
1: you? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It shifted me and it shifted the way I think about speaking. I love it because it's a process. So how did it come about? It's so funny how it came about for me. I believe in vision boards. I believe in making your vision clear, seeing it every day. And on my vision board for that particular year, I had a a looked like a stage that you could look at the stage and it looked like, Showtime at the Apollo, it did, Mm -hmm. it looked like the Apollo theater. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know where I would be speaking, but I knew my vision was to penetrate more of an audience than what I had been used to. I wanted this year to be my greatest year ever impacting many. And I wanted it to be in a place like that. And after I was certified as a coach, I remember talking to one of the other coaches who were certified and I was telling her about my visions and things like that. And she said, you know what, Lolita, you should be a TEDx speaker. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll add that to be on my vision board for next (laughs) year. And she said, no, they're accepting applications. Let me send it to you. And by the way, it's due tomorrow.
0: Oh man.
1: And I said, okay. And I got it. And you had to submit a video. Uh And I remember I go back and look at that video. Sometimes I really should post it. I go back and look at that video sometimes and it is really the worst ever. It's the worst (laughs) because I was reading. You could see my eyes reading across. But what I recognize is that they weren't looking for the power speaker, Lolita, what they were looking for was does your content is your content, something that is going to shift the nation is your content of what you want to bring to the table, something that can literally be a core idea that changes the world today. Wow.
0: What, what a, what an honor, it absolute is, yeah. honor. Can you share a bit about with us what the, what the, the story that inspired your talk?
1: Yes, 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 yes. Well, there were a couple stories in there, mm-hmm. but the core idea is that a momentary interruption in your life, whether it's five minutes, five months or five years, like this could be one right here, this right. momentary interruption can absolutely shift you to become your most revolutionary self. And let me tell you how that is the premise of the talk. And the way that I did that was in what I called the three terrains of change, which is embrace, act. And thrive. And for each one of those, I told a story that really helps you to sit in it and really challenge you so that now you can embrace, act, and thrive to become your bigger, better, and bolder self.
0: Great segue because I was just, that was my next question. You mentioned the three terrains of change embrace, act, and thrive. Can you explain to us the importance of these three terrains of change and navigating through them?
1: Yeah, yeah. Embrace really is all about embracing where it is that you are in this moment in time. And what I find is that. Oftentimes, we are not honest with ourselves and where we stand in this moment. When we can acknowledge and embrace where it is that you are, it doesn't mean you have to love it, but you have to be able to say, I am standing right here. I am standing inside of this moment. And what does this moment mean to you? That's embrace. That's the work around that. And this is all in an effort to get to navigating change. So embracing where it is that you are right now. Acting. Acting is really about acting in your strengths. And don't forget to act in your strengths. You got to absolutely know what your strengths are. Right. So it's really getting grounded on what your strengths are and acting in it. And then embrace act and thriving in the greatness that is already you thriving in the greatness of where you want to be because where is your future self where is it that you want to be and i want to help you thrive because you have taken the moment to embrace you have taken the moments to act and now we're going to thrive we're going to leap because one of the affirmations i write affirmations as well Mm -hmm. one of the affirmations that i have is that i am the greatness that others have yet to see and sometimes that includes yourself right
0: amazing Absolutely, mm-hmm. of course. Another thing to add to your resume, <laughs>
1: <Affleckian> writer. <laughs> <I> am, <laughs> is there is
0: there nothing that you can't do?
1: <laughs> I also write poetry. I know, I know.
0: <laughs> Phenomenal. You are an incredibly inspiring human being, woman and
1: Thank
0: you. soul. Just amazing. Lolita, to date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win?
1: Oh, my greatest win is being the daughter of Emmanuel A. Walker, the mother of Walker George Bishop. Absolutely.
0: Beautiful. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become so successful?
1: Oh, that's so good. Because a woman actually on the clubhouse episode, Lolita, oh my goodness. I've been wanting to know, I, I had it in my head and I'm like, what is it that she does? (laughs) and this is my superpower. She said, you speak spoken word gospel into people's souls so that they can shift differently. Wow. That is powerful. Isn't it? It is so much. So it's on my bio now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. I define success as your ultimate living, your ultimate being. Success is different for everyone. For Mm -hmm. me, success is being free, living free, and understand what that means to you. For me, that looks like making time for my family. That looks like living in my values. That looks like achieving my goals that I set out. It looks like pushing me bigger, better, and bolder beyond where I stand today. It looks like impacting others. It looks like making sure that I'm being in touch and hearing from others my wins and the opportunities that I have so my success is not married to anyone or anything I believe in God I It's in my foundation. Faith is at the core of my foundation. So success for me is in a multitude of different things. And that's why I celebrate my win. Every day I write on a small wins board. And that's what we do in our family is every day, everyone writes one small win that they had. Now, there's no judgment on that. Sometimes my son is like, oh, I had two desserts. That's a win for me, <laughs> write it down, write it down.
0: You know what, I, I love that. I love that you said that. And I love that you do that because I think it is incredibly important that because I find that we as human beings don't take the time to slow down and and look at our wins and look at our accomplishments and celebrate those no matter how big or small they are. We need to celebrate them yeah, and we don't absolutely. take the time to do it. Mm hmm.
1: We just all, totally we just right. get
0: one thing done and on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. We never slow down to smell the rose. And I think that COVID started that process, I think, that helped some people recognize mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: that it needs to be done. I just hope that it's, I mean, as we move out of COVID onto the other side, I hope that people keep with them those values and remember those things and remember to take the time to slow down
1: absolutely and this is the thing we have choice now we've experienced it and now it's time for us to choose how we want the rest of our lives to be what are you taking away from the lessons and the learnings and how you feel within this pause you've been voluntold right we didn't choose it but you've been voluntold now what are you going to do
0: yeah that's right we have a choice it, it's mm-hmm. totally up to us now. Right? Absolutely. Lolita. Can you share a situation that's occurred in your life that you feel provides insight as to your character, who Lolita is?
1: Hmm, what a great question, a situation or something that's happened in my life that's made me me huh, so many situations,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, I, I'm just going to go back to Jamaica. I will never forget every two years going and recognizing the power that is within me right now. I remember, just think about it, going somewhere where everybody doesn't have what you have, but yet they're so happy. So there's aspects of gratitude that is in me. There's aspects of integrity. There's aspects of non-judgment. There's aspects of pushing, 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 um, dedication. There's aspects to uh, family. All of that really was learned as a family and how we traveled together and how we loved and we lived and we laughed and all of those memories really make me who I am now, me being an, a giving soul me writing is really because my father made sure, guess what? We were doing book reports. Yeah. Him And my mom were like, you're doing book reports growing up. You can complain if you want. And then when, when we got it back, it was so much red on it. I'm like, did you, did I do anything right? But <laughs> Right now I'm an author.
0: Beautiful what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it?
1: Oh, the most important thing that I've learned is that there is power within a pause. Mm. What was my life like before I recognized it? I want to say that I didn't really understand or feel that until I was 40. 40 was so transformational for me. 40 was when I wrote my book. 40 was when I developed products and services. 40 was when, you know, I had a company all of this newness was happening during self discovery so what was it like before well before it was just running 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 before yeah. it was i got to do this do this do this and i wasn't pausing i wasn't pausing to live life
0: wow like i said before we we get caught up in just doing 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 we're we're hum- and one thing a friend of mine says to me is we got to re- we have to recognize and remember that we are human beings not human doings
1: yes yes absolutely i have a friend who says that as well yeah it's it's important what
0: makes you feel inspired or like your best self
1: water and trees absolutely water and trees when i am around water when i am around trees just nature Uh i feel my most be free and when i'm in that most be free state i'm most my most creative so i'm most i'm my most inspired poetry comes out it's just amazing and I'm able to sit with myself.
0: I love it. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you ever received?
1: Choices of what you make them, make them appropriately.
0: Love that. What does the word empowerment mean to you?
1: Power others, power yourself. It's really about fueling yourself. If you think about a plug, electricity, how much of that are you plugging into yourself and plugging into others? Empowerment really to me is that fuel, that spark, that power that allows you to not only power other people, get other people going, helping them move, but also power yourself.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if if you're not powering yourself, you you certainly can't power others. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping questions, just a couple word answers. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Powerful. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Pause. What's one thing you want, but cannot buy with money? Freedom. What is your favorite entrepreneurial book? the intersection
1: of you and change <laughs> <laughs> the seven habits of highly effective people
0: <laughs> the answers don't have to all be just one word you can a few words you can elaborate a little bit just try to keep it rapid fire
1: yeah no worries This is good. if, like if
0: you could change one thing about the world what would you change
1: equality i would make everyone equal every single day we will all show up and be given equal privileges equal rights equal pay
0: Okay. If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be?
1: I got the power.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Entrepreneur life is?
1: Hard as hell.
0: Mm -hmm. Mom life is?
1: Hard as hell. Rewarding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite way to unwind is?
1: A cocktail looking at water.
0: There's that water again. Yeah. What's the first thing you think when I say the word future? Excellence. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That is so much fun.
0: (laughs) Lolita, what would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur?
1: Patience, a vision, grind.
0: I love it. Can you tell me about a moment when a person's kindness has made a difference in your life?
1: Oh, I love this. Yes, I love this. I was just speaking to someone the other day about kindness. And I was at the car wash. So random. I was at the (laughs) car wash and the person in front of me paid for my car wash. Okay. And I was like, wow, that is so amazing. (laughs) And it shifted me. It really did. It really has me doing so many more acts of kindness randomly. And feel in that moment the same idea because you never know what's happening in someone's life that's right, there, right? that $12 car wash made such a difference and now I'd love to pay it forward and try to do it every day
0: paying it forward is really a wonderful wonderful feeling mm-hmm. what entrepreneurial tricks have you discovered to keep you focused and productive in your day-to-day busy schedule would you say
1: Proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> Plan out your days.
0: <laughs> I love that. You can
1: get sidetracked so easily.
0: Yeah, for sure. Lolita, if you could sit down and have a one hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why?
1: My father. I miss him.
0: Yeah. Who in your life? I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one, too, <laughs> but I'll ask it anyway. <laughs> who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why?
1: Oh, My father. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I knew it.
1: Yeah. Why? For so many reasons. It's so interesting because somebody the other day said to me, you talk about your father so much. I think you're holding on and you should really go get some therapy because I think that you haven't really processed through all of the grief. And I said, oh, Wow. I remember my father intentionally every single day because there's so many lessons that he is taught and it doesn't put a damper on the relationship or the with anyone else. My mom included my 90 year old grandma at all. But what it does do is remind me that he's a push to me every day, Uh dead or alive. And that's the end of that. <laughs>
0: and that's it. That's an odd thing for someone to say.
1: Yeah. I, I talk about my dad all the time. In my and book, there's nothing there's wrong a with whole... that.
0: You should celebrate yeah. him.
1: Yeah, I do. I make no, I make no apologies for it. No,
0: <laughs> and nor should you. He's had a huge impact on who you are as a person.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it.
0: How would you like to be remembered?
1: As someone who was able to pull the greatness out of you. And help you to propel further and farther without any expectations. I love that.
0: If you could step into my shoes, Lolita, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you?
1: Well, you had some pretty good questions. Let me just say that
0: (laughs) you you did. You had
1: some really good questions. Thank you. What would I ask myself? How do I celebrate my wins? Good question, Brad. Um, one of the ways that I celebrate, I love crab legs. (laughs) And I talk about this all the time is (laughs) we celebrate at the end of every month with a bunch of crab legs. I live in Maryland, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't take much. But when I get to certain milestones, I'm celebrating with crab legs. Absolutely. And it just forces me to pause, it forces me to have some fun, it forces me to be with family. And sometimes I'll get crab legs by myself, because I want to be by myself. But most times I enjoy it with people.
0: Awesome. That's I think that's amazing. Again, Mm -hmm. it just goes back to what we said earlier about celebrating those wins and and appreciating them. So Good for you for doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yay, this has been such a great conversation.
0: If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Have fun and let loose, right? I would Mm -hmm. say you don't have to be as buttoned up as you thought that you needed to be at all times. It's okay.
0: Beautiful. Lastly, Lolita, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say?
1: I would say... You are on this earth to make an impact. What impact are you leaving on this earth? And are you doing the things every day that help you create the legacy that you want to see and the legacy that you want to live?
0: Beautifully said. Lolita, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today and chat and be part of the Empowerography community. I am so honored to have you as part of the community. And you are an incredibly inspirational woman. Your, your energy, your your attitude, everything. I just love it all. It's so inspiring. Thank you. And so infectious. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I told you this was going to be amazing. I believe that all things happen at the right time. So today was the right time. Today (laughs) was the right time. And I'm really excited about it.
0: Absolutely. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh. Today, my guest has been Lolita Walker. She is a transformational specialist corporate coach, and a TEDx and motivational speaker. Thank you again so much, Lolita, for taking the time to be here today. I appreciate you. Have an amazing rest of the day. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and Follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.